three friends. One mystery topic, no holds barred conversation. Welcome to Brotherhood of Banter, season three. Welcome to Brotherhood of Banter. My name is Diego. This is Lewis. And I am Edgar. And it is early, folks, and daylight savings time fucked us all up, and we're here with coffee and chocolate milk, trying to stay alive and awake. Look at look at Lewis sipping on that chalky milk. Chalky milk. Yeah, that man is happy right now. And he's Got out a of bed. Fresh haircut. Yeah, he is out of bed. That's very different. You can hear it in his voice. You can almost hear his haircut, his new haircut, talking through the microphone. Uh, gentlemen. It is a, a pleasure. If I'm going to get up for anyone on a Sunday morning, early on a Sunday morning, this is early. It's really 10 o'clock, but this is early for me on a Sunday morning. It's for you guys. I, I salute you. I raise my cup of, of very strong coffee to you guys. Cheers. Chocolate milk. Yes. And also, of course, talk some kind of random deep topic that you guys have no clue about. This one, it's one that has been not haunting me, but has been uh, on my mind, just circling in my head since I read this passage of the Tao Te Ching earlier this week. So let me give you guys a little bit of context. I started off this week with a really, really shitty Monday. It was, I think, like the one of the worst Mondays that I've had in a long, long time. And it had to do with something that someone said slash did at work that caught me off guard and just threw threw my whole Monday out of whack. And then my Tuesday was starting kind of, you know, a little shitty as well. But then I was talking to my girlfriend uh, uh, throughout the, in the morning of Tuesday and she just kind of, like, you know, uh, gave me some advice. She told me just, just fuck that, you know, uh, do you focus on you today, you know, break yourself out of that funk, out of that, that whole uh, mindset. And so I did. So in trying to like retake my day on Tuesday, I took breaks throughout the workday and I went outside to my balcony area and I sat down and I opened up a book for like 15 minutes and just read a little bit of it. So anyway, I read this in the Tao Te Ching, which I mentioned here before in the podcast is, is one of my go to books for, you know, inspiration and, you know, to seek wisdom and that sort of thing. And uh, there's this passage in the Tao Te Ching number 61 that really, really hit me hard. Um, so for a little bit of context, the Tao Te Ching was written by Lao Tzu, and he's kind of directing all of his wisdom and his writings towards rulers. Like he, he all the principles are pretty much stuff that you can apply to general life, but he mentions nations and ruling nations a lot because he is targeting rulers with his messaging. So he starts this one off saying the following, and I quote, a great nation is like a great man. When he makes a mistake, he realizes it. Having realized it, he admits it. Having admitted it, he corrects it. He considers those who point out his flaws as his most benevolent teachers. He thinks of his enemy as the shadow that he himself casts. Now, 
that's a shit that's been circling in my head all week. This idea, and this is actually something that I want to turn into uh, one of the episodes of uh, season two of my podcast, Amusing, because I feel like this is a really, really strong idea here. That, especially that last part, he thinks of his enemy as a shadow, as the shadow that he himself casts. That's a fucking powerful concept right there. Think about that. Imagine living life in a way where you own your impact on how your life, on the course that your life takes to the point that you come to the realization that even those enemy type relationships, the animosities that are, that you run into are not external to you, but on the contrary, you cast that into existence. Like you're the one that feeds that. You're the one that helps keep that alive. You guys feel like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's reasonable. Like, the hater can't hate if you don't exist, I guess, right? <laughs> they can't or hate on it, you. But, but is, it, is, it just that, is it just that your existence, like, brings it to life? Or are you actually feeding it through your feelings? Because here's, let me give you guys the context of, a little bit more context of, 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 of like, how it related to me. I really felt like this thing spoke to me because of what happened to me on Monday. I... I was feeding that enmity that I was that I was feeling with with that coworker, you know, like my thoughts, my feelings, and brewing in that shit constantly throughout all of Monday. It threw my entire day off, but in reality, I only had one or two interactions with that person on Monday, and the thing that really caused the the conflict inside of me only happened in one of those instances early on in the day. But it was enough that it threw me into this like tailspin for the remainder of the day and even onto Tuesday. So when I came across this on Tuesday, I was like, God damn, like, it's not like I haven't, it's not like this person became my enemy and was antagonizing me all day or anything like that. Like, just the, the thought of that one thing that happened was enough for me to brew it, to stir it to throw more fi- more wood into the fire and to keep that shit alive, you know? It's almost like if I took a very small thing and I myself built up this enemy in my head. And that's where I feel like this whole concept of thinking of your enemy being a shadow that you yourself cast is such a strong thing. And, and of course, it made me, it, I stayed thinking about it for many other at many in many other ways and many at many other levels because like you know Lao Tzu here is writing he's writing to you know he starts off talking about how uh, uh to a great nation right a great nation is like a great man uh who would makes a mistake realizes it admits it corrects it and considers those who point out his flaws as the most benevolent teachers and sees his enemy as the shadow that he himself casts so here's here's my first question to you guys. Gentlemen, it's time for our mystery topic. If we if we really thought about this concept, let's not think about it yet at a personal level. It's easier, I think, to judge things when you're not talking about yourself. Let's think about it first at the level that Lao Tzu 
brought it up in at the level of a nation, right? Let's look at the United States, for instance. Um, how how much humility do you think the United States has as a nation? When you think of the U.S. on the world stage compared to other countries, how much humility do you associate with this country? Humility in which admitting, oh, we did something wrong, our bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they do. <laughs> none, right? Really none. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to think of like all possibilities are looking at it from a different way, but like, yeah, really none. Yeah. I mean, it's a very prideful country. It is. And, and you can see like how long it takes the United States to do things like, you know, put put out reparations for, you know, Native Americans, right? For the 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 atrocities that were committed in the past against them, uh, and that, you know, committed even through racism nowadays um, against uh, the black population, right? Um, look at everything that we've seen, you know, in the last two, three years, really getting to a zenith, getting to this um, boiling point in our society. And how difficult is it for, for us as a country to actually admit, you know, hey, we fucked up. Like our cities had to start burning for the country collectively, at least the majority of the country, to start saying like, wow, we really have been fucking up in this sense. And when you look at look at look at how we deal with countries outside, look at how we deal with countries abroad. Look at, for example, everything that happened with Iraq, with Iraq. Um, weapons of mass destruction, right? <laughs> they were there. For sure. We know it. We got satellite photo. We know that they're fucking there. And we got to go now fight this war, this preemptive war, because they were harboring terrorist organizations and blah, blah, blah. That led to, you know, a group like Al Qaeda being able to carry out an attack like 9-11. We know they're there. The fucking weapons of mass destruction. That's why we're going there. We get there. There's no weapons of mass destruction. We never apologize for that shit. <laughs> Never apologize for Vietnam sticking our nose in a conflict that wasn't our business, that, that we that had nothing to do with us. It's like there is an arrogance as a country to us that that um that we never apologize for. And it, it's the more you think about that, the more you start realizing why it is that the United States has a certain image in Europe, in the Middle East, in Asia, like people have this kind of stereotype in their heads regarding America. Have you guys ever run into that? Yeah. Um, the few times that I went to Guatemala, the way they look at, you know, the United States overall, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of like the way they looked at me when I went to California from Miami, you know, that we were conceited, we were full of ourselves. It was all about just, you know, the presentation that you have, what do you drive? How much do you make? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was hard to take in because I'm like, damn, I was born here. I'm coming back and you guys are looking at me this way. Right. And yeah, I mean, you look at it on a much grander stage. So, yeah. What do you think, Louis? Have you ever run into that? Um, yeah, I mean, even when you go back to your own country, right, like uh, little towns and, and villages and stuff, they see... <clears throat> Colombia, or like you, you, Colombia would see, like United States. Oh, you know, like there's hope. You know, there's there's 
jobs that's the future type of thing um which in a sense is true but you know they haven't dealt with the other side of the coin which was the military force as they did out in the middle east so in the middle east obviously you've seen the bombs drop and you've seen the soldiers on foot and that changes their perspective of the united states compared to south america's perspective who hasn't really seen you know the power of the u.s army or military or whatever so i mean <clears throat> it's just interesting when you compare the possibilities or how the u.s is observed from different parts of the world i mean look at japan you know what would they think of the united states being bombed twice you got me mm -hmm. only yeah. country to be nuked so it's like uh yeah. what do they think <laughs> right yeah, it's a, it's an interesting idea because you. I don't think that at any point, you know, if someone asks us how would you describe this, this country, your answer would be arrogant, like living here in this country. Yeah, I think we kind of we've we've collectively drank the Kool Aid a little bit, and 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 I mean, hey, there's a lot of great stuff about this about this country, undeniably. You know, like you can't you can't take that away, but there is a blindness to our own weaknesses and a blindness to our own flaws, you know, that, that is very characteristic of, 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 of a country of an arrogant country. And so now I take it over to this thing that Lao Tzu does, which I love. He does this a lot too, where he starts off talking about a nation, but then he very quickly kind of compares it to a person. Yeah. Um, that's something that that's done throughout the Bible as well in the Old Testament, especially like you see a lot of the prophets where these guys who are supposed to be speaking on behalf of God, you see them speaking to the people, but they speak to a nation like if they're a person, and and they 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 attribute um, human characteristics to a nation because it's almost like it just makes it easier, I think, for a human being to understand you know, the complexities of a, of a, of a big ass country in the form of, of a single person. And so uh, I feel like that's what ends up making a lot of Lao Tzu's writings very relatable at, at a personal level, you know, like an individual level. So I love this, you know, because you're not, you're not used to operating with this kind of shit in mind. Like when I see this, for example, making a mistake, realizing it, admitting it, correcting it, that whole process really took me years to wrap my head around personally at a personal level. You know, what do you, where in that process do you guys feel you are? You know, we're all in our thirties at this point. And I feel like with age comes a certain balancing out, at least in my, you know, from my perspective, age kind of brings a little bit of a mellowing out sharpening a uh, blunting of the edges a little bit in life at least for me so when you guys hear this all right so i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and read these last uh, these four lines again that talk about mistakes from uh the Tao Te Ching 61 and then i want you guys to think about how that relates to to you give me your opinions and your reactions to it so again Lao Tzu says when he makes a mistake he realizes it Having realized it, he admits it. Having admitted it, he corrects it. He considers those who point out his faults as his most benevolent teachers. 
And think about it in the context of this stage of your life and how you feel your personal evolution has come. Where do you feel you struggle most, if anywhere, within that process? You realize your mistake. You make a mistake. You realize it. You realize it. You admit it. You admit it. You correct it. And then I feel like it goes a step further when it talks about someone points out your flaws. Those become your most benevolent teachers. Give me your your thoughts on that. Give me your reactions to that. No, you want to go first? Uh, sure. I guess the step I'm on would be the correcting. So it's more like, um, um, okay, like I was younger and I would go and put everything on a credit card, right? So now I'm correcting that exponential, that freedom in paying off the card as time goes by, right? I should finish this year. But when I started, it was over 10 grand. You get me? So that's a lot of money that, oh, you know, if I would have like realized my mistake earlier, then, you know, I would have corrected it way before. So now I'm, I'm in that step. Now, what was, what was the next part of the question? It was basically like, where do you struggle with any part of that process, right? And, and not only with like the big things in life, but also kind of in your day-to-day, your relationships, you know, with the people closest to you. I feel like we're, we're, we always make mistakes, right? You know, it's human to, 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 to err. Um, so in that process of making a mistake and realizing it, realizing it and admitting it, admitting it and correcting it, you know, do you struggle? Do you stumble along anywhere in that process? No, like, let's say I mess up and do something stupid or, or whatever. I'm like, I, I don't see the issue. Like, oh, okay, fuck, you know, I fucked up. Let me, you know, go apologize. Uh, hey, my bad. Uh, now let's kind of move forward type of thing. I, I, I guess the only part I would argue with would be the last one in which your enemy is that um, is your most benevolent teacher, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, the, those. Well, the, the the exact thing is those who point out your flaws are your most benevolent teachers. Yeah, because it's like it would make sense if it's somebody you trust, you know. But right. if it's just somebody that's just they're hating or jealous or has their own agenda, then yet that's their thing. Like, let's say Edgar told me he's like, "Oh, man, you gotta stop doing this." And then, you know, it kind of makes sense because he's telling me it's so I'm paying attention. But if it's someone that, I don't know, just somebody else, I might not pay it as close attention, even though they could be correct. Because it's not from a familiar source, I guess. Right, right. Okay. What about you, Edgar? How do you how do you react to this statement? How do you feel about it? Um, where in that process do you feel you get tripped up? And again, when he makes a mistake, he realized it. Having realized that he admits it, having admitted it, corrects it, he considers those who point out his flaws as his most benevolent teachers. Well, I think I'm, I'm on every single one of those steps. You know, like, I mean, you guys obviously know me better than, than a lot of people. So I feel like with the transition that I've made in life from the person I used to be to the one I am now, 
I've gone through all those steps. And now the way that I try to live is being aware of all these things. You know, like every time I have a conversation with each person is not just like passing by and, hey, how you doing? And not really caring how they're doing or them asking me the same thing. So like I brought up in many other topics, I always try to be aware of what I'm doing and saying now because I want to put the best face forward. And it's not me pretending. It's not me being fake. It's just because... I want people to see that I am a genuine and honest person and I always want the best for everybody. And I'm trying to be as transparent as possible. So with that said, when I do make a mistake, which like I said, I try to be aware of not making them because I want people to see someone they can rely on, someone they can count on, someone they can go to. And if I do happen to make it and it's by accident, then I don't let it go. You know, I tend to process a lot of these things, you know, like you guys would say I'm the most emotional one out of all the guys in our little clique, you know, like they say that I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So it does haunt me until I get it fixed. And I I have no problem, you know, setting my pride aside anymore, telling the person, hey, look, I fucked up. This is what I did wrong. And this is the reason why I made the mistake. It might have been, you know, just something that I wasn't aware that I was doing. Um, As far as, you know, the benevolent part, like Lewis said, it has to be someone like you guys, Ricardo, someone that is very close to me because I know it's coming from a good place. And if it wasn't for that, getting it from you guys or from my last relationship, I would have never became this person because people were pointing it out for my own good. You know, let shit go. Don't be too angry. Don't get upset for stupid reasons, whatever the case was. So I needed that. And I feel that's why I am the person that I am now because of those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like um, there's a, I've heard at some point, I've heard, Someone I can't put my finger on who it is in my life, but somebody described going through uh, the process, a process similar to this, right? Like becoming a person who can realize that he made a mistake, who can admit that he made a mistake, who can correct the mistakes, and then who can consider the people who point out their flaws um, as... Uh, as a positive factor in their lives and then go a step further and like consider even perfect strangers or somebody who even come at them, like in the, in the form of an act as still somebody was like pointing out their, you know, something wrong with them. And like, even in that as a lesson, instead of reacting in anger, you know, when it's, when it doesn't come from like a trusted source, <clears throat> it just made me think of that because of, uh, both of you uh, making a comment of like, if it's a trusted person, if it's somebody who knows me, somebody who has like my best interest at heart, then yes, I'll listen to them. But if it's somebody who, who, who isn't, then maybe I don't. Do you consider, if we kind of like gamify this whole shit, do you consider that there's an element uh, within your maturity and your like personal growth? I'm saying you in general, not just you guys, but do you consider that there's an element of leveling up to be able to have enough humility to even one day, if somebody lashes out at you who doesn't know you on a personal level, 
you still being able to take some positive from what they're saying, not react with any sort of animosity or anger and say, fuck, all right, fine. Like, I'm, I'm going to put my head down here. I'm going to just take this one thing that is the, the one takeaway from this outlashing or this berating that this person just gave me. I'm going to take this one thing and grow from it. You think there's something to that? Nope. You want to go? The one person being somebody you trust or like? No, somebody you don't. Somebody who necessarily know you, somebody who isn't, you know, isn't a close friend. Hmm. That, that's part of, that's part of, and not leave you guys alone in this whole uh, discussion. Like that's part of what I had to wrestle with this week. That this person clearly thinking, thinking about it outside of the moment of the heat of the moment. Clearly, this person who I had this clash with was having a shitty day. I don't know why they were having a shitty day. I don't know if it was just Monday. I don't know if it was um, something personal they had going on. I don't know what it was, but they kind of lashed out out of nowhere. And not only did they lash out about the one thing we were talking about, compounded like two other things that have been bugging them about me. And so it it just like it overwhelmed me you know what i mean but with the hindsight of tuesday again this was monday with the hindsight of tuesday after having calmed down and having sat down and read this i stopped to really think okay is there any truth in what this person said with anything that clear grow from how was it that he brought it up to you though? Like, did he, was it a conversation? Was it more of an attack or like he was just venting? Like, cause that also makes a difference. Yeah. I think no. that would make a big difference. No, it wasn't, it wasn't like an official vent or anything like that. It was a, it was a conversation about a work related topic about a project. But and it, it had, but it was a conversation. Ahead. Like he pointed it out during the conversation. It wasn't like he, yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was during the conversation. But again, this is not a person who knows me. Right. This is not a person whom I trust you know, at a personal level. This is not a person who has my best interests you know, at heart necessarily. Not because they're a bad person, but simply because they don't have that kind of relationship. You know what I mean? I mean, this is a person that I have started interacting with since, what was it that I got this job in September or whatever. So um I just feel like going back to that, whoever it was in my life who, who painted it as this like leveling up within a video game type of scenario, you know, there, this reminded me of that because I feel like at a certain, at a certain stage in life, you're not even fucking aware of your mistakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not even aware that, that something that you're doing could be a mistake. So it gets to a point in life where you do start realizing you learn the difference between how to properly do a thing or say a thing or act with a person, whatever the fuck it is. You get to a point where you realize this is a mistake. But for realizing it to admitting that you made a mistake, that requires your pride, you know, to be put down a bit. And I feel like looking at my own daughter, for example, going through the stage of, of adolescence that she just stepped into during your teenage years. Yo, it is, it's hard as fuck 
to admit a mistake. Sure, you may realize that you fucked up, and I see it in her eyes when she realizes that she fucks up, but it's so difficult for her to come out and actually admit a mistake. And then I feel like during her teenage years and into your 20s, you, even if you have the ability to admit a mistake because you matured a little bit and you realize, like, you know, I'm not just going to go walking around, you know, fucking shit up without letting someone know I'm sorry for this. Be The leap from admitting that you made a mistake to correcting the mistake. Now you're not only talking about it requiring humility, you're talking about it requiring time and attention. Now you got to give your energy to trying to restitute, to fix, you know, to correct your mistake. So that whole journey, I feel, is long enough. This is just my analysis. You guys could disagree. But that whole journey is long enough. To add on to that, the leveling up of now being able to consider the people who point your flaws out to you as someone who's there, who who is teaching you, even without them knowing it, is teaching you more about yourself, teaching you more about life, teaching you more about how to live in a wise way. That's a big step. And then we add on to that the next level of it not having to be somebody who you love and trust to be able to learn from what they're pointing out, even if it's in a negative way. I feel that requires even more. You know, so back to the question is, is that something to aspire to? I think Louis is really thinking about this one. So I think, I think age kind of plays into effect, but I don't want to say it does because I've seen people older than me that are still mm-hmm. acting like if they were in their twenties. You know, oh, yeah. they're, they're not realizing their shit. They're set in their I, ways. I, I guess they haven't leveled up yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you know. I mean, I was I was a mess on my teenage years and my twenties and everything. I think it's just a matter of of taking a step back and just realizing that, realizing the fact that you are fucking up, you are not taking what people are telling you, and a lot of that, yeah, like you said, it has to do with the pride. So once you learn to set that pride aside and you are allowed, you take that in. It doesn't matter what the age is, you know, like for me, it's in my 30s. This is when I finally decided to fucking straighten up or finally something clicked. And I was like, okay, let me put that pride aside. I have encountered people where I, some that I don't know and some that just work with me. So I don't say they fully know me, but we're in a situation where things will get pointed out. You know, it's work related. People are bound to tell you, hey, look, don't do it this way. Don't do it this way. However the hell the case is. When it comes to people that I don't know, the one of them called me that I, the funny thing, one of them called me and said that I was very prideful. This was a boss that I had a while back. He met me once. And by the third day that we interacted, he told me that I was very prideful. He had no clue who mm. the fuck I was. Straight that up, hurts. he just said I was very <laughs> prideful. By that time, I was still kind of figuring shit out. So one, he was my boss. So obviously try to freaking point out shit carefully. But two, I was like, 
is he right? Am I being too prideful? Or is it just because I do know what I'm doing and I don't need the help that he says that I'm not asking for? When it comes to people like in my work, for whatever reason, and I've said this before, they have some type of admiration. They have some respect. They see me as a leader. I don't know what they see, but that's the way they point it out. So when they do tell me things, they don't fully know me like you guys do, but I do. Not that I take it to heart, but I do like kind of marinate on it. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe some of the stuff they are saying I can get fixed so I can be even a better example. So it's just a matter of how you decide to take things. I mean, the easy thing for me when people just pissed me off before was just to fucking blow up. And I learned along the way that that wasn't the case. And up to this day, I'm still lucky to have you guys as friends because that shit could have gone a whole different other way. I could have lost all you guys along the way with my fucking, you know. Goddamn right. Yeah. So Yeah, man. (laughs) So it makes you realize, you know, like, fuck, the way that I used to do things, I was lucky that it worked. But that wasn't the correct way. So I think you can't do it. I think you should be able to manage and take things for what they are. Like I said, it'd be it's also the approach that they come at you with. If it's in the conversation, take it for what it is. Make your point across. But I've dealt with people that you tell them things that coming from a good place and they're already defensive. They're already blocking it out. They're already justifying things. It's like, bro, give me a chance. Let me get my point across. Like, I'm not attacking you. I'm just pointing shit out. Whether you take it or not, that's on you. But yeah, it's, I don't know how else to say it, man. It's just like being aware of of your situation and what people are telling you. Like, that's the main thing. Anything to add there, Luz? Yeah. I mean, it kind of brings up that whole leveling up because, I mean, there's people that Mm -hmm. just can't admit that they're wrong, even if it's staring them in the face. You know, it's like, no. Right. It's because of this, it's because of that, it's because you did this, because of that, or because, uh, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. So that's why it should happen. Not <laughs> right. because I did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not because it, that, that they're wrong, as if, you know, they couldn't be wrong, as if being wrong was a death sentence. Um, yep. and, and that is possible. You know, I see that as a character leveling up thing. In which, either through years, as Edgar says, in other words, age, or, or you know, just life events that make you level up, which changes that perspective or that clicking inside the individual, you know. So, yeah. so that's yeah. a cool way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that you bring up the the whole point of uh, like life events. You know, something like triggering the level up because I think that and and this level up whole gamification thing really does uh, take us towards the conclusion of this topic, because that's one of the things that I loved about about how Lao Tzu wrote this thing, that he wrote it in levels. You know, he chose to write it in levels and there's wisdom in that because you can't get from not even realizing you're you're making mistakes all the way onto being humble enough to accept somebody pointing out your mistake, right? Like there's no such thing. You you don't get from one all the way to the other. There, there are things that have to force you to, you know, to like realize it along the way. But I feel that a lot of people can miss those cues, you know, going back to Edgar's point about some people being, you know, in their thirties, forties, 
and still having a being at a level that should belong to somebody in their teens. You know, that yeah. is very, very fucking common in, in, in our society. Yeah. I go back to my to the gamification thing. My son, Joshua, he has this obsession with getting through the storyline of a game. And so, like, for instance, uh, the Spider-Man, the PS4 Spider-Man game, right? He and I both played it at the same time. I had it on my account on my PS4. He had it on his. And he finished it, like, super early compared to me. And when he saw me play one day, you know, he was getting all impatient. You know, he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going on this. I'm doing this little side mission real quick. He's like, but why? Just continue the, the main story. What are you wasting time on that for? <laughs> or like, for example, collecting all of Peter Parker's backpacks throughout New York City. I spent an entire afternoon just doing that shit, going from place to place to place to place, collect, finding a backpack. And he found that completely useless. And then... I was telling him, I was like, no, there's this, you get to find these cool little Easter eggs in each backpack and you can unlock uh, a suit, you know, a skin if you, if you, if you finish uh, the, the entire mission. But he had this rush to get from step to step to step that didn't allow him to level up properly. So when he got around to fighting a big boss in the game, that's where his fucking struggle began. Because he didn't have his character skill set, his technology leveled up to a point where he could really stack up against that boss. So all I kept hearing from over here in the room while I was on my computer working and he was out there playing in the living room was like, you know, raging, constantly <laughs> raging because he was frustrated that he couldn't kill. There was this one part where it's like Electro and another villain at the same time. And I feel like that's the way life plays out for a lot of people who skip steps or who, or who try to avoid leveling up character. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who get to a point in life where there's a difficult situation, be it a difficult financial situation, a loved one dies, they get cheated on, whatever the fuck, they don't have the character skills developed enough to deal with that shit. And it crushes them, you know, or they become destructive because of that situation, because they can't like, they can't hold up to it. They can't stand up to it. And that to me is probably the best way of seeing this. It's have the intention to go through the game, leveling up little by little, you know, have the intention of working on whatever your next step is knowing that that's going to open the doors to get you to the next one and the next one and the next one. Cause if, if you make a mistake and you just start with being willing to realize that you made that mistake, I feel like the realization will eventually get you to the point of admitting it. Cause it's almost like if you are, your mirror is put in front of you, you can't ignore that shit for too long before you say, you know, I fucked up. I see it. I fucked up. And once you admit it, it's not going to be too long before you start feeling that, like that responsibility of needing to correct it, you know, because now it's out in the open. So now it kind of loses power. 
you're seeing the person that you admitted it to, you owe a debt now in a way to restitute, to make things right somehow. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I, I think it's true because, you know, going back to, to like the video game comparison, like that's how it was for me. Like my last relationship, that's really what changed me, you know, as yeah, you know, I complain about it and, you know, the saying that it was toxic or whatever, but in reality, that's, that's a relationship that made me who I am now. You know, I got into it the same way I had gotten into plenty of other relationships and it was always okay. My way, or the way I'm always right. And, you know, the short fuse obviously didn't help. It was being in that relationship that, like you said, the side missions, those are the things that I was missing. So in the case that was toxic in every relationship for me was the anger and the jealousy. One led into the other. So in those relationships or scenarios, whatever, I just saw red, I saw my target, and that's all I wanted to take care of. The same thing when I got into this past relationship at the beginning, there was a lot of jealousy. What did I see? I saw anger. I went to confront the guys I had a problem with or whatever the situation was. But as the relationship went along, I started seeing those little side things. So, for example, I was at a get-together um, of a family event. Other friends showed up. I didn't know them, but they were talking to my ex in a way that I didn't like. Mind you, there was nothing wrong with it. It was just friendly because they had been friends for years. I reacted to the point where shit was destroyed, people were hurt, and the relationship ended that one time. I was kicked out of the house, and shit just got bad from there so what did i wasn't seeing i wasn't seeing everybody else's point of view there was kids at the party like my nieces they they saw the way that i was behaving uh my stepdaughter at the time grown folks that were there so where did that lead to my nieces became scared of me my stepdaughter didn't mm. want didn't know how to approach me people wouldn't invite me to the parties anymore right that's the shit that i was missing so I was like, I can't be that person coming to any type of gathering, any type of event, because I don't, I'm not that person. You know, there is more to me than just what everybody saw. So what did everybody compare me to? It was just anger. That's all they knew me for. He was a quiet, angry guy. I didn't want to be seen that way. So those are the side missions that you're talking about that I was missing, which by doing all those little things, realizing how other people felt in scenarios like that. And even witnessing some for myself, I was like, holy shit, like, that's how I look. It was embarrassing. And now to this day, I see my dad get upset. And that's what I strive not to be. Now I see my dad get upset, blow up or whatever the case is. And it's like, holy shit, I've been embarrassing myself for many years because people don't want nothing to do with that guy. And I don't mean that guy is my dad. I just mean that type of person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, life events do play effects. But it also <laughs> comes down to you whether you want to fucking take it in, accept it, yep. realize it and change. Lewis, any thoughts there? Very profound. Um, let's see. I mean, other than what's said, it, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, it's it's those life events that get you to a specific point. Um, but even some people would see the life event, you know, take the event, or see that they did something wrong, right? And be like, shit, I did something wrong. Not tell the other person 
you know, not admit that they're wrong to the other person, right. still feel bad and still try to make up for it. You know, like that's true. Like, like here's a here's a delicious you know breakfast, you know, and it's like oh, okay, well I have delicious breakfast. Uh, yesterday, you know, I had cereal, and today I have uh, I don't know, uh, uh, calentado with arepas and chocolate. Oh. You know, it's, it's a like, very specific example. I like yeah, it. Yeah, delicious. Well, oh, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm thinking, uh, like, it's like a thought, like, okay, you know, you see you did something wrong, right? You can't, it's not in your character to admit that you did something wrong. But, you know, this is your way of saying, uh, my bad type of thing. Yeah. You know? and, and there's people that I see that scenario happening with like a lot, you know, they just can't be wrong and they can't mm. admit it. And they just can't, it's just impossible. Mm. If they admit it, they die. That's the type of scenario. Right. And, and people, you know, when they see that, that might turn other people off. And in reality, it's just a matter of understanding the other person, you know, the mm. other the people can't do it you know they just no matter they, they feel bad but you know they'll give you a beer tomorrow morning or, or tomorrow afternoon whatever you know kind of mm -hmm. like their way of making up for the uh, the mishap of the day before or weekend before or whatever yeah that's actually that's actually an important point that you bring up because you'll notice that he says having realized that he admits it having admitted it he corrects it but he doesn't say that he admits it necessarily to the person right right I feel like the most important part of that process is admitting it to yourself. You know, if you within yourself admit, like, I fucked up, even if you don't admit it verbally to the other person, that in itself starts kind of like haunting you in a bit, in a way, you know, and, and, it, and, it, and it starts working to get you to correct, to restitute the mistake. Yeah, and you can apologize all day long, but if it's not a genuine, like, apology and you actually didn't you know, sit on it and realize why well, it's fucked up. You're going to do it again. Yep. I can apologize all day to everyone. You know, how much is that going to mean at the end? Mm -hmm. And like, and there's, it, a lot of, there's a lot of people who live that way. Yeah. Um, one thing that I liked about what Lewis said about just giving the person the beer. Um, not everybody will apologize in the verbal manner. You know, not everybody will sit down with you and be like, look, Diego, I really fucked up. I did this, this, and this. I am sorry. Yeah. There is also other ways of, Kind of admitting that you're wrong without having to say a word like you know if you're close enough to that person you know i can just like be like hey d let's get together and then just hand you like a drink like lewis said and if you know the person well enough you know okay this is their way of apologizing because not everybody's a verbal person not everybody knows how to put their emotions out yeah a lot of people just can't do it they, they don't have those skills those side missions to bring up such a conversation you yeah. get me and that, that beer is just like Hey, this is my peace offering. I uh, hope you know, and I hope you see that that's what I'm trying to do. But you know, in reality, you don't bring it up, and you just hope that the other person sees it that way. You know, like Edgar would be like, "Okay, here, here's your beer," and I'd be like, "Thanks," right? And then you know, inside he's thinking, "Oh, uh, you know, I hope he he sees that." And then I can either miss it and be like, "Oh, he's just giving me a beer," or see it and be like, "Oh, he's giving me a beer." probably because of this and you just can't talk to me about it you know mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to be able to identify that in the first place yeah you know that that makes me think actually of um 
the example that, that kind of spawned all this with my issue at work that my even even though I was still fucked up inside by by this person's like outlashing, sudden outlashing, I my immediate thought was clearly they've got some shit going on. Let me see how I can help them out. So I went over to the project manager and I said, hey, is there anything that I can take off of, you know, X person's plate? Because I think they may be a little bit stressed out right now. And I did. I ended up taking, a, you know, an entire project off that person's hands. And that is that was my way of um, admitting or not admitting, but that was my way of recognizing that that there was you know something that they needed help with, even though they didn't say it. <laughs> I wish they would have said it. I wish they would have just said, "Hey, I'm stressed the fuck out. Is there you know? Can you help me out with something here?" They didn't say it, and they definitely didn't say it that way. But I, I think that there are more than there is more than one way of completing a mission, right? So if you find yourself in that situation where you made the mistake and you admitted it to yourself, like, all right. Maybe you're not the type to sit down and speak to the person and, you know, do the whole uh, process of verbally admitting, but find a way to go from admitting it to yourself to correcting it. I think that's the, that's the most important thing in the same way that like in the skill tree of, you know, a specific video game for your character, maybe, you know, you don't do it. You can't solve this mission through this skill set because you're not, you haven't worked on that yet, but you can solve it through this other skill set, you know, through this other move or this other capability or whatever the fuck you gamers out there know what I mean. And that I think is ultimately the most important thing. You know, if you've got a weak area, find your strong areas to try to cover your bases and do work on the weak area though. You know, like if you're, if you're not somebody who naturally communicates things verbally, there's a lot of benefit to doing that, you know, so it maybe that becomes one thing that you can strive for down the road um, to level up in, you know, that sort of thing. Lee, let me ask you this, going back to where all this started, when the person told you whatever it is that they told you, did it stay in your mind and bother you as much as it did because you felt like he didn't know you, or whatever it is he pointed out, or is it because you felt that it hit home somewhere? No, um, I think within the, the person mentioned like three different things in their little tirade. Mm -hmm. One of those things I saw some legitimacy to, and I immediately tried to correct it because honestly, at that point it was more because I was pissed off and out of pride. I didn't want to keep giving that person that, 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 uh, a valid thing against me. You know what I mean? So I went to correct it, not out of humility, but more out of pride. Although it's a good thing that I corrected it and I want to keep on, you know, like keep with that. But it was more, the bothering part was more because it was out of nowhere and it was this outlashing that just came out of, it was very out of character for this person. So it caught me off guard. Really, it was the surprise element of it. Because if, if, if they would have approached me in a more neutral way, if they would have like, you know, booked a meeting with me and talked to me like, hey, listen, I've, you know, I've observed that, you know, this thing has been happening. Is there any way that we can, you know, change that or improve that? That would have been perfect for me, right? Like there's, there's no guard up at right. that point. 
but it was the way that that they came out of nowhere. They caught me by surprise. Yeah, yeah, the approach has a lot to do with it. It does, yeah. But but at the same time, man, I feel like I have seen men in my life who have this incredible ability to not react to people's bullshit. Yeah. Even when they come at them full force, you know, even when they come attacking them. And that is so admirable to me, you know, having the ability, like having gotten to a point where you're not phased by how the person is telling you things or, you know, when the person is telling you things, you're able to see through all the emotion and all the bullshit and see the, the point that they're making. And it's incredible how much you can diffuse a situation, you know, um, that could be very volatile if you take that attitude. So, like, for me personally, that's not somewhere that I've gotten. It takes me a day or two. If somebody comes and lashes out at me, especially if it's somebody, you know, like, like close to me, a close relationship, it takes me a day or two to be able to, you know, calm down past the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the aggression. For me to be able to start thinking clearly and rationally and being like, okay, they have a point. Let me call them. Let me talk to them. Let's put this thing to rest and let me admit what they pointed out. So being able to do that shit on the spot, gold. That That's gold right there. You know, I, I, I do want to get to that point personally because I feel like at that point, what can fucking hurt you? Yeah, it take it takes time, and I can vouch for the fact that I feel like I've gotten there. I mean, maybe I still have some work to do, but I feel like I've gotten there, and and I catch myself doing it from time to time. Like you know, like I was saying, I went to to the club on Friday, and there was a couple that they were just obnoxious the whole time, and they ended up pretty much knocking my cousin over. So, she being the female version of what I used to be, she got hot. She started trying to kick the girl and I could have taken the the approach as I normally used to do. Just be like, Hey, what the fuck you doing? Act up or whatever. Kawabunga. Yeah. If I can pull out the nunchucks and everything, but it, it, in that moment, it would have been easy, but after so much practice, you kind of like process the whole thing in a matter of like two seconds and realize, okay, this shit can escalate really quick and there's not going to be any good outcome. So instead of taking it out on them, what did I do? I grabbed her, picked her up, moved her aside, and I told her, hey, chill the fuck out. Today's not about you. Today's about your sister. Today's your birthday. You start kicking the girl, what's going to happen? You guys are going to get into a fight. The cops are standing right over there. We're going to get kicked out, probably get a fine. Who the fuck knows? So it it gets easier and easier with time. I can tell you that much. Mm But it's it's a good quality to have. You know, it's it's definitely a good quality because it's going to keep you, like, from so much shit, like, in the future. And I felt like I lived most of it already. So, but I think it's good. I think the way that you approach it, I mean, you take care of it. The the thing that you did taking the work away from him, it, it also depends on him how he wanted to see it. Because even though he didn't ask for your help, you went ahead and took a project off his hands. So he could have gotten either or. It could have been like, oh, shit, okay. He understood what I was saying. He helped me out. Or he could have gone the wrong way. And it could have been like, well, I guess he doesn't think that I'm good enough to do my work. So he fucking took the job away from me. You know, so I don't know how he took it. Hopefully he took it in a great way. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, To add on, it's like uh, it's possible that 
um, I mean, you did mention it would have been different for the uh, co-worker to come up to you and just, you know, sit down and talk to you in a peaceful, calm manner. But back to those side missions, it's possible that the co-worker doesn't have that ability. And instead, only ability is to just explode. And that's why, you know, they went on the tirade because that's how they communicate, you know. And yeah. it's true. I was going to bring up the same thing Edgar said. It's possible the coworker is going to see it one of two ways. You know, like he said, either, yeah, okay, cool, he understands me. Or two, like, uh, now he wants to take my job. Right, right. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I guess it is. I guess it is. You know, it is possible. But um, in the end, like, in, in this particular situation, that's something that, that I'm going to have to address with them. Because, uh, number one, to set boundaries, right? Because, you know, yes, you know, we should we should strive to be humble. We should strive for humility. We should strive to to be able to, um, you know, to not react in pride. But I think it's also important to to make the statement that you should not be anybody's like rug. You know, yeah. you shouldn't be you shouldn't allow yourself to be trampled on just because you consider yourself somebody who has humility that is not a place that you can get to because then that uh, it's unbalanced it's abusive um you have to establish your own your own boundaries be assertive um i i feel like that's a very very important part that is that is a part of this it's a because very hard balance it really is it is yeah yeah it is it is um and 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 it and it goes right along with everything else you know the the concept of leveling up you know it's this isn't just about working on one area you should slowly level yourself up. Like, I feel like that's the reason why in a game you see how there is the skill tree and you can't get too far up one skill. Well, you can, but then you're completely off balance. So if you work only on your melee attacks and you don't work on your, you know, fucking weapon attacks, then you're going to, you know, you're going to be weak in one, in one area. So there's a wisdom in a game and in life to leveling up things evenly. You know, level up this area, but also this area and be aware of that entire, you know, growth within yourself. And then I think that the ultimate thing, the top level and everything that Lao Tzu said is being able to get to the point where he thinks of his enemy as the shadow that he himself casts. If you get to the point where you realize that not even an enemy has power over you because the only power they have is how much you give them the power that you give them then goddamn you reach you you reach at the top level you maxed out your uh your your leveling points at that point new game <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> new game plus exactly it's uh, it, like i said it's a very hard balance because even now i've been told that i'm i'm incredibly soft so to go wow. from being told you know that you're always angry and physical to you know you're incredibly soft and emotional it's like holy shit there's no winning you know it's either one or the other you, so, you gotta throw some shit down punch somebody yeah <laughs> just to kind of even it out so like i said it's it's never a win-win situation but it's just a matter of like continuing to handle it the best way possible you know because yeah that could have been the way to go down and be like oh this person thinks i'm soft no fuck that and, punch him in the face. Yeah, and showed him the, the old me. But like I said, it's it's a, a lose situation because you act up one day and there's like, oh, this guy hasn't changed, right? You know, so it's 
yeah, it's a very, very tough thing to do. And, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle to find which one. I don't think there is a right one. It's just the right time, you know, right. acting the right way at the right time. And what I notice more is that people see, and this is at least from my experience, because I noticed that this weekend when someone else pointed out something, that the less you say, the more serious they take you or like they see that you have great character. You know, I, I don't really talk much in, in, in get togethers and stuff like that. And at that party, my cousin's, you know, new boyfriend, he was like, bro, like, you know, I would follow you anywhere. Mind you, it had nothing to do with whatever the fuck we were talking <laughs> about. He's like, bro, I would follow this man everywhere he goes. He's like, he's such a man of character. And I was like, okay, we were just walking to the club. You know, I mean, if that's where you're following me, that's cool. But it wasn't like even a scenario. So he's like, he doesn't say much, but you can see it in him. So like I said, I, I don't know what the fuck people see, but it's... Because if you argue, if you would argue with that coworker of yours, mm-hmm. instead of just one fool, like arguing, it would have been two fools arguing. Correct. You right. Know? Absolutely. Because there's never, there's never going to be a winner. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you beat his ass, then you win. <laughs> <laughs> We're virtual, man. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do that. I guess I can hire, I can hire some, some thugs to go in and break into their house and teach a lesson but no <laughs> but yeah no it, it really is um it's something to, to strive forward to you know what i think we got we got the we got the title for this uh episode edgar i think you should title this thing leveling up okay i think it's it became the common denominator it matches with what lao tzu was saying in the Tao Te Ching. um it just uh it has that concept i feel like we and this is the final takeaway from this episode we should strive in life to make sure that we're aware of slowly, little by little, leveling up our character in the different areas that compose our character and not being blind to those things. Because trust me, life is going to throw some big ass boss battles at you. And if you're not properly leveled up along the way, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. So we can end right on that point. We encourage you guys to stay aware of your leveling up, stay aware of your levels, grow, evolve, change. Don't stay stuck in your character. Um, strive for that growth that'll make you better and better at life each time. Thank you guys so much for listening, fellas. Thank you for answering the questions. I hope this was uh, an interesting shift away from outer space. <laughs> Loved it. Loved the episode. Sweet. All right. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to subscribe or hit follow. And if you like this show, leave us a review. And there's nothing left to do but drop that fucking beat. Remember to hit subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. You can get in touch with the guys at brosofbanter at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Imagine noise.